All right, we'll get started. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace to hear your word. Thank you, Lord, that there is grace for the hearer when we incline our ear to your word, that we can hear your word above anything else. So we thank you that the entrance of your word gives light and brings understanding even to the simple, the uneducated, the unlearned, can be wise because when they incline their ear to hear your word. And we thank you for that. It's miraculous, and we love it. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen. So turn to Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 20. And um, it's it's good to get an understanding of how God's word works because sometimes it can be a mystery to us. In fact, it is a mystery that's unfolded as we seek, as we search, and as we incline our ear. As we obey the word, we receive the benefits of the word. You know, you won't get any benefits just by hearing, but you got the mix of hearing with faith. You got to get up and start doing it, start to walk it out. This is something that people learn. You know, sometimes you'll see people in a congregation. There'll be many, many people there, and some are more successful in their endeavors than others. And and I can tell you one of the things is that they are believing what they hear, and they're getting up and acting on it. So there are some, some steps in a process, and I think there's a lot that God wants us to understand about his word so that we can be blessed by it. We can understand how valuable it is and, uh, above all other things, choose to hear and act on the word of God. So Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all of their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The way you keep your heart is put away from you. A forward mouth or a mouth that speaks against God's word. A perverse lips put far from you. Let your eyes look right on. In other words, don't get distracted. Don't uh, move to the left or the right. If something comes up to want to take you off of the path of God's word, just ignore it and keep going. Amen. Because God, you, you know, you need to understand that there's a narrow way that God is leading us on. Uh, there are not a lot of people on it. Amen. Look around you. Not a lot of people on it. Amen. Amen. It's interesting to me all the quote unquote mega churches that made their reputation on large numbers are closed now. Well, think about it. You know, God's testing everything. And so we've said a long time it's not about quantity, it's about quality. And sometimes, you know, God says he can save by many or by few. And sometimes if quality is a small number, at least God has a small quality number that are obeying him. Amen. And so, and I'm sure out of those mega churches, there are probably some faithful people, but their leadership is weak. Can I say that? Without sounding jealous or pointing fingers or, you know, uh, what a sour grapes or whatever they want to say. Um, we have a lot of teachers in the body of Christ. We don't have a lot of leaders. See, leaders mean you're going somewhere. Huh? 
<clears throat> and where is that somewhere that we're going? See, that's what needs to be spelled out to the body of Christ. You know, your faith should be taking you somewhere. It, it took Abraham from one country to the next, from tents to tabernacles to all kinds of places that God wanted him to be throughout his lifetime. So our faith really is a vehicle that's taking us somewhere, and it takes leadership to help you get there, to show you the way. Amen? Faith is taking us out of diapers into grown-upness, whatever that is. Amen? Where we scream for everything we want and fall out with God and then come back to church and try to act like we all cool and everything. You understand what I'm saying. It just takes you from babyhood to adulthood. You need faith to do that. And see, good leaders won't let you stay in diapers forever. Huh? Mothers know, you know, sometimes your kids will say, uh-uh. You need to get on the toilet. You understand what I'm saying? They're just too big for diapers after a while. Amen. So that you start potty training them. Huh? And some of them, you know, I remember some somebody had a kid. I, I wish Pastor Shirley was in here. She'd remember. Somebody's kid in our neighborhood, they had a kid that was so big in diapers, he'd take them off and take them to his mama. Yeah, mama. And he sounded like a, hey, mama. I said, oh, my goodness. He changing his own diapers. You know, he should have been potty trained. Amen. And so it's time for the body of Christ to come out of diapers. Amen. You know, I mean, come on now. You know, and that doesn't mean you can't get prayer when you need prayer. That doesn't mean that. But, you know, now we're we're needing to be uh, converting others strong enough in the things of God to convert others. Amen. When I say convert, I mean to to be able to present the gospel in a way that people really get saved. You know, I mean they really repent and they really get saved. They really get born again instead of this nonsense we have going on with seeker friendly meetings and let everybody come in there and we start hoarding them in there just to have large numbers. God's not impressed with numbers, especially if those people don't check out when it's time for God to inspect their lives. See, you need to have a life that can be inspected by God and found to be of good quality before God. And so that's what leaders will do. They lead you into a way of holiness. They lead you into a way of of good Christian living, sound Christian living. I know it sounds boring sometimes, but it's the most exciting thing you could ever have in your life. Is to be a new creature and act like one, live like one, have the benefits of a new creature. And I'm not talking about all material things. I'm talking about being able to speak a thing and see it materialize before your eyes. You see what I'm saying? Holiness does that. See? And that's more precious than any kind of material thing that you could could ever have on earth. Amen? And so we have to realize that. We, you know, leaders will compel you to go forward in God. They'll compel you to do that. Well, I guess I'm preaching to the why again this morning. Huh? <laughs> but when you were growing up, suppose your mother left you in diapers. Huh? You had to one day get out of high school and go to college. 
Well, you're gonna want be one embarrassed little soul, huh? That's why we teach you to pray when you first come in here. We don't have no five o'clock in the morning on Wednesday prayer when nobody wants to come anyway. Everybody prays in here. It's your right to be able to pray. That's your inheritance is to be skillful in the word. Amen. And to use your spiritual authority. Amen. And learn how to worship God and please God and petition him. You know, these are the, the precious things. The spiritual things are always the more precious things. That's something nobody can take from you. You know, we learn about the persecuted church in other nations. We need to be paying attention over here in the U.S. of A, but that's a whole different subject. Huh? But now, you know, when you start hiding the word in your heart and start doing things that please God, you'll understand the power that some of those people walk in. Where they get beaten every day by a guard and then wind up the God breaks down in front of them and asks them to pray for them to be born again. I want the God you have. I've been so mean to you and you haven't repaid me evil for evil. I want that God that you have. See? And so these are the powerful things in the earth, the things that will convert a soul and to help people to understand more about God. That's the journey that the church is really on, is to increase in the knowledge of God and be able to share that with humanity. We should be able to go up to anybody we meet anywhere and let our mouths fly open and just say what God tells us to say to those individuals. Amen. And then to be able to demonstrate the power of God. You got me? And so that's that's what God really wants. That's why we do the word. That's why we study the word. That's why we need leadership that knows where they're going and knows where God wants that congregation to know and knows knows what God is about in the earth today. It's about more than just coming and sitting twice a week and putting something in the offering and going home. It's about much more than that. That's a part of it. That's to help you, but you've got to start demonstrating the word of God. And this is the way you do it, by inclining your ear to the word and letting that word be precious. So when he says, attend to my word, that means give it your full attention. Amen. Undivided attention. That's why it's good to just shut everything off. I know it's hard. Sometimes we have our favorite worship music and all of that. But it's good to just let that silence be there. Be able to read your word, meditate on it, uh, mumble it to yourself, confess it, mix it with faith, hide it in your heart. And he says here, don't let it depart from your eyes. In other words, if your habit is to read the word every day, don't skip a day. If you see that you're off your regular schedule and you're about to turn in, at least go look at a scripture before you. (laughs) Let that be the last thing your eyeballs see. Amen. Before you turn in. Amen. Amen. I used to not want to go to sleep right away and I turned the television on about three in the morning. You know, there's there's uh, murder people on there, you know, and I'm scared to death. Oh, God, who's in the house? So you yeah, watch that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you get into these habits that aren't good, and but you can walk it back. You can break those habits and say, God, I purpose in my heart 
to have that word before me and not let it depart from my eyes. And he says, keep them in the midst of your heart, right in the center of your heart. Start to meditate on the word. Hide it in there. Amen. In other words, that that means to begin to mutter the word to yourself, to meditate, linger over it. Amen. You linger over the word and, and let it uh, begin to talk to you. Let it begin to uh, absorb it into your heart. Let it begin to get meaningful to you. You know, you can't just skip it over. Sometimes, you know, you'll find yourself, sometimes you'll get to the place where you say, well, I just have so much time and you want to rush through. Well, rush through something else, but don't rush through the word. Amen. Because, see, we have a tendency to take it for granted. It's like, you know, when, when there's something big going on in your life and you're desperate, nobody can beat you getting that Bible open. Huh? You tear it all up, say, well, I like this one, rip it out and eat it up and, you know, you just you devour the word. Everything. It, but then when things are smooth, huh? That means nobody's barking at you. You know, the creditors aren't at the door right now. You know, in a few days they will be, but you coasting for a minute. We always want to eat the word under pressure. That's why God says he prepares a table for me in the presence of that means a leisurely meal. You can sit down and enjoy it. That table in the presence of your enemies. How how many of us can be peaceful in the presence of our enemies? Amen. But God prepares that. In other words, he creates an atmosphere of peace around you where even if you're surrounded by knocks on the door and trouble in the school and trouble in the courts and trouble everywhere else, on the job, everywhere else, you can be peaceful when you sit there with your word. That's your table in the presence of the enemies of your mind that are trying to bring you worry, trying to bring you fear, trying to bring you everything that's not good. God always has that place of peace, contentment, where you can can digest the word. You ever had to eat in a hurry? I worked in a hospital, and I, you know, I say the hospital workers are the most abused people. You know, I mean, we are. I'm hoping things have gotten better since back in the day, but you did everything on the fly. Especially if you worked either in emergency room, you worked in surgery, or you worked in some of these, or you were on a, a emergency resuscitation team. So and you sat there most of the time. If you got time to sit down and eat a meal, you were nervous eating it. You never gave yourself over ten minutes to sit there and eat your food. Why? Because something else was jumping off again. But God says he would even prepare a table for us in the presence of anxiety, the the uh, enemies of fear, the enemies of doubt and unbelieving. He prepares a table for us in the presence of all those enemies of our peace and of our, our goodwill, all the things, uh, the, the things that will come, come and discourage you from believing God for a miracle if you need one or believing God for your health and healing. Uh, it, it, you, you know, he, he has you settled in a place where you can enjoy what you take in. You can always enjoy that word. You're not taking that word on the fly and you're not taking it in haste. It's like, okay, devil, now you're going to do what you're going to do. 
But I'm going to find something in this Bible to stop you right now in Jesus' name. So you sit right over there. Don't bug me no more. Because I'm going in here to get something that's going to take care of you. And so this is the way we live. A, a table in the presence of our enemies. They don't have to go anywhere. We always think, well, if so-and-so would just quit bugging me, I'd be okay. No, you already got a table set before, you know, right in the presence of your enemies. And God wants you to be peaceful. It says also, this word is is life. So if something's threatening your life, you go into the word. You're going to find an answer that's going to cause life to spring up inside of you. And when that jolt of life springs up inside of you, you grab that scripture and meditate. In other words, don't keep leafing through there till you find something else. You get on that that just jumped on you. See, that's what it says when it says hiding in your heart. Don't let it get away because, see, you'll try to get distracted and go on to another scripture. Huh? Now we do that because we'll get to something that's kind of familiar to us and it starts speaking to us for the umpteenth time. The reason it's speaking to us again is because we ain't got it yet. Huh? You got a little bit of it, but you ain't got all of it. Amen. God's trying to stop you so you can get all of it. Amen. For when it says it's life to those that find them. In medicine or health to your flesh. The word of God will make your skin healthy. It will make your eyes healthy. Make your bones healthy. It will restore everything. Amen. So when you listen to the word of God, you take a dose of medicine. Well, I don't have no symptoms, Pastor Bob. I'm healed. I know you heal, but you need medicine every day. You see this hell out here we live in amongst? You see these wicked people out here? And you can't tell me that don't rub you the wrong way. It gets in your mind and and pretty soon it'll start work fear into you. You hear about somebody in your building that's been broken into. Amen. Or the the cops and got called over there for the umpteenth time. You'll tell me that don't raise up fear in you. So you need healing. You need medicine every day from the word. We're still being restored from the damage that the enemy's done to us. Amen. Some of us are still a little jumpy, still a little nervous, amen, still a little jittery from time to time. Well, you need you need healing. You need medicine, amen. You can't take too much of this medicine. You know, you just learn how to read when, when, when something stops you and, and you park in front of it. You stop there. That's why the Bible says selah. That means dwell on this. Don't go no further. Say park the car and <laughs> get off the bus. You have arrived at your destination. So this is maybe it may not seem ring a bell to you for anything that's going on in your situation right now, but you wait a few days or you wait a week or two. Amen. It's going it's going to be good to have it stored up in there when that difficulty does try to come knocking on your door. So he says, your, this word is a lifeline to you. It provides life to those that find them. That's not just you, but other people that discover the word in you. Yes. Huh? <laughs> See, people are always discovering the word in us. Huh? You can let that happen without trying. 
you know i mean just be you just let your light shine just walk with god every day go where he tells you go keep the attitude of god on you amen just hide it in your heart allow the fruit of the spirit to radiate from you allow him to put his countenance upon your countenance amen and see people will start to find life in you they'll start to draw life out of you so we've got to be supercharged with the word of god not just for ourselves but for those around us for family members for those of us that that will uh, come into contact with people that need the word of god from time to time you know everybody needs the word of god everybody needs life we're all looking for life amen says they are life to those that find them we got to look for it that's why sometimes the word might be hidden you know you got to meditate on it to get get the true essence of it but it will come amen it's guaranteed to come see because you're finding it you may not get it on the first superficial read but if you keep chewing it muttering it meditating on it it'll come to you what what is in that scripture amen I know when I would be uh uh when I would prepare messages from time to time God would give me a title and I would think about it and nothing would come to me immediately and I would just say well maybe that wasn't maybe that's not what he wants me to talk about and then he would stop me again and he said don't think you know everything girlfriend this is new so you stop here and i i learned how to challenge my my ready knowledge and go deeper in god see you always got to go deeper there are so many things that god has that we can't handle and we can't understand and so he's always challenging us to go deeper and sure enough if i would stick with god and say god there's got to be something here because you won't let me move off of this you won't let me go any further and i would begin to delve into it and i found things that were new for me and new oftentimes for the congregation things that were helpful that were a little bit uh, uh more i guess you could say more um revealing more revelation more understanding than what we had before and we need more understanding folks you can't go along with just to a couple of little scriptures strung together and think you got the whole knowledge of god you have to be willing to to meditate these things out and he says keep your heart with all diligence amen and what that means is not to let anything wicked creep into your heart amen because the devil's always trying to penetrate into your innermost being that's where the word is hidden so he wants to see if he can rob that word or stall it out or keep you from acting on it keep you from uh, verbalizing it it's good when you when you read scripture to start uh speaking it out mouthing it out because once it gets out there and and it gets out into the atmosphere it can start to fight for you and compel you to follow it see if it's just inside all the time and i'm not i'm not against but i think both of them are good inward and outward see when you meditate the word you begin to mutter it outside of yourself and outside of your your realm amen you're the there is a part of the bible that says my soul magnifies the lord well that means your mental condition begins to think good about god to think the truth about god and so your meditations 
often can determine what you hide in your heart. What you think about will eventually get inside of you. Amen. And and so it's good to to keep the the Paul said whatsoever things are true, noble, lovely, good report, praiseworthy, thankworthy. Think on that kind of stuff, and that's when your soul magnifies the Lord. God gets real big in your head. And you begin to commune with him. You begin to think like him. You begin to act like him. That becomes your bulwark against the the onslaught of the enemy to your mind. Amen. You think he can't mess with your head? Huh? You got to keep that word in there. There's witchcraft and lies flying around so so rampant in the world today. It's got a lot of people deceived. Many people are deceived. And so we've got to keep that word. You let your soul magnify the Lord. Make it make God real big in your mind. Think the thoughts of God. Understand how to embellish God in your head. Huh? Think on his goodness. Think of his word. Lord, your word is good and your mercy endures forever. Amen. My soul makes this boast in the Lord. I think big thoughts about it. I think God is big. I think he's bigger than anything in my life. I think he's wonderful. He's awesome. Amen. Just just begin to magnify him. If you don't do it out loud, do it in your mind. And that will put a, a shield up in your head that where thoughts can't come in there and drag you off. Amen. We don't get dragged off from the devil. We get dragged off by our crazy thoughts. It's always got something goofy going on. Amen. Something ain't even your business. And you all up in, in it and involved in it. Amen. So you're to keep your heart with diligence. That also means instant forgiveness. And you can't stress that enough. Amen. That's how you keep your heart. That's how you guard your heart with, with, with not letting evil set up in there. You know, where it begin to get, begin to meditate on it. Amen. Somebody done you wrong, then you ride out you was the wrong party. Amen. If you let it go, you'll get the truth one way or the other. Amen. And just be quick to repent and quick to forgive. God, I done messed up again. God, I can't even go out this house without messing up. Do something for me. Amen. And just live like a normal Christian. You know, just between you and God. Your neighbors don't have to know how goofed up you are. You know, see, if you keep it between you and God, your neighbors will think you're wonderful. They think you walk on water. They come over there and say, oh, can you pray for me? I notice how you live. And you think to yourself, my hair's all over my head and my breath ain't what it could be today and all of the above. But they think you're wonderful. Why? Because God told them you're wonderful. That's the report of the Lord. The report of the Lord is you're the most capable person in the neighborhood. You hear me? That's his report. It's not about what you have in the material realm. You know, people are not looking for that. They're looking for something deeper. When they come looking for you, they're looking for something deeper. Trust me. Because God is in charge of your life and he's told them who you really are. You don't have to talk to talk to people about who you are. Let's see, y'all think I ain't nothing. No, you probably think you ain't nothing. Huh? Quit projecting that on, on the outside. 
and start being what God told you to be. Amen. <laughs> you know, people tell me stuff like, you think you this. And I said, no, you think I'm that. Because I ain't never told you that about me. You told me that about me. So you must be thinking it. You know, let the devil's people go and stay in their misery. You don't have to receive their misery. Huh? (laughs) Who art thou to judge another man's servant? I ain't your servant. I'm God's servant. (laughs) Huh? Let's make sure you're right with God. Amen? So guard your heart from all them wicked darts trying to get in there and shoot in there, shoot poison in there. Amen. Because eventually that poison will begin to infiltrate your mind and come out of your lips. And you don't want that. You want to have pure things coming out of your mouth. Amen. It's, it's So God said put away, put that stuff away from you. Now quit saying that. Amen. You know, nowadays everybody is cussing everywhere i mean you see it everywhere you know social media is about a bunch of cussing on there i said lord you know i gotta fast from looking at people cussing didn't used to be like that you know as as christians you could go with church people be around church people but you know it's social media amen all that kind of stuff and so you have to stay away from that kind of people Man, you look and see somebody smoking on there. I said, "Nah, that ain't no cigarette. They cussing and smoking blunts and talking about running for public office. I said, oh, my goodness. Boy, things have changed. And you know that people be sounding knowledgeable about what they're talking about. I'm sure they will convince a certain group of people, but I have to keep it moving. Come on now. Praise God. I have put away from myself the froward mouth and perverse lips far from me. Amen. (laughs) So that's how you live for God. That's how you keep your little temple all toned up. See, I know y'all think that means go to the gym and make sure you all listen all that. But keep your temple toned up that way. You know, God will... God will take care of the rest of it or not. We just keep working on it. Amen. It's a wish and a dream. We work on a little bit, a little bit. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So that's Proverbs 4. That's our, our incline your ear. That That's your instruction for how to stay healed, how to stay whole, how to stay holy, how to stay healthy, all of those things come from inclining your ear to the word of God. We said inclining means to give your full attention to it. Attend to the word. <clears throat> you have to make a decision to notice the word and not ignore it. Amen. You know, and so a good to me, sometimes a good thing to do is to just talk to the Lord. God, I purpose in my heart. To always respect your word, no matter who's speaking it. Amen. Uh, no matter how they're speaking it. Of course, you know, too, you turn the channel. <laughs> if it ain't right, 
but but just incline your ear to the word once you realize that there's no faith on it or they're not being it's not holy the way they speak it then keep it moving but we're talking about the word that you hear the word that you are are sitting under and let the holy spirit within you judge the spirit behind it whether it's rightfully divided or not amen in galatians 3 2 it talks about the hearing of faith amen and this is so important the works of the law versus the hearing of faith where are you at little galatian people i hope it's right behind here no somebody hiding it from you don't tell me what page it's on either because that ain't right but I need some help here. I done got all messed up. I usually cheat and put my little tabs in. Thank you. All right. So we got it. So um, in Galatians 3, it says here, and Paul, this was Paul's challenge as a preacher and as a leader. Because these people were going somewhere. Now, where were they going? into all the world to preach the gospel that's where you're going to so the the job of the fivefold is to equip you to do that and to give you leave and release you to do what god's called you to do amen so you don't have to keep calling up and keep wondering if you're supposed to witness to somebody of course you are amen you you know and leave the crazy conversation alone amen I think if we would get one way with our our purpose, we'd see more doors open. You know what I'm saying? Once you make up your mind that your mouth is for magnifying God and not for arguing, tearing down, spreading gossip, all that kind, you'll find that God trusts you more. Amen. Because <clears throat> you can get you can get a situation, try to witness somebody and get taken down. You understand what I'm saying? And so because people get in strife, argument, all that kind of stuff over nothing sometimes trying to present the word if they're not mature in what God wants them to do. So in Galatians, it says verse in chapter three, verse one, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. He said, this is the one thing I want you to tell me. I, I want to learn this from, did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So if you received Christ by the hearing of faith, why would you go back into the works of the law? Amen. And that's what this church was doing. They were going back into wanting to, to obey the old Mosaic law. Uh, wanting fulfill the law again and they weren't able to do it the first time around so paul said you either live by faith or you can't do this amen and see living by faith is a challenge because you have to continually hear the word in order to live by faith see the knowledge of god you had 10 15 and 20 years ago is not going to cut it in this day and age I can tell you because you look around yourself in the body of Christ and a lot of people ain't really cutting it. See, they thought they were going to make it through a lockdown that only lasted eight months. 
But now people talk about lock you down some more. So if you waiting on Caesar to release you, I got news for you. Caesar ain't going to do it. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. See, you don't wait on Caesar to tell you nothing. Because this really ain't Caesar's business. He ain't in charge of the spirit. Jesus said, render to see. In other words, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. This church don't belong to him. And give to God the things of God. This is God's church. This is God's house. These are God's people. This is God's business. It ain't got nothing to do with Caesar. Let me tell you how Caesar thinks. Caesar lets them open a strip joint and tells them the church got to close. So that's where his mind is. You mean to tell me God's going to put his holy people under the mind of somebody that operates like that? See, the strip joint people probably just gave somebody some money to let them open up. I mean, that's what they do. Huh? And we call ourselves living by faith. Well, if you're living by faith, go open your church up. They trying to tell you how many people you can have for Thanksgiving dinner. How close you can sit. You got to put a mask over your mouth, take a bite, and then put the mask back on. And it ain't just got stupid. It's been stupid. See, it, it sounds real stupid now because we've got more faith than we had before this when we this thing first started. So God has built our faith, praise God, to where we're not afraid. And they didn't overplay this little bug anyway. They have a 90, 99% cure rate, even if you don't even take no pills. 99% of the people get better. 80% of the people get it with a mask. Don't tell me that little diaper on your face is going to keep some bugs out. If you're scared behind that mask, you're a good candidate to get something. But praise God, he ain't going to let you die from it now. Amen. So did you get what you got from God by the hearing of faith? Somebody told you Jesus Christ saved and he was a savior and he would get you out of trouble you was in when you bawled and cried and cried bless you cried your eyeballs out amen when you bawled and cried and prayed blubbered that prayer out amen you did it because you heard you ain't seen nothing you ain't seen jesus you ain't seen heaven you even know what salvation was. All you know is somebody you think knew something more about God than you did told you it was true. That's enough for you to mix it with faith and get saved. Isn't that amazing? 
It's the foolishness of preaching, the Bible says, that God has chosen this method, this run your mouth all the time method. Amen. If your mouth gets you in trouble, you're a good candidate to preach the gospel. Huh? Keep running it. God will fill it with words. Huh? Eventually, you'll start meditating on his word more than you do other folks' business. Huh? Oh, girl, let me tell you this now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, no, 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 see, that ain't even right. I'll tell you what this story, what the truth is. Oh, boy. Here we go. Got in a strife over who can gossip the tightest. Huh? <laughs> Oh boy. Prayerfully reality television will be replaced with something edifying. Because everybody's sick of nonsense pretty much. Amen. So it's the hearing of faith. Hearing of God's word. See there's faith on God's word all the time. You know you can pick it up off a piece of paper and your heart will get stirred with faith. Amen. You can hear it through unbelievers and your heart will get stirred with faith. Amen. You can you can hear anybody preach. I think it was uh uh I think it was who was it? Shannon, somebody at your school. Y'all your associate dean or somebody? She was she was a pastor's wife and they was both preaching the gospel and she went home one day and started crying and asked Jesus into her heart. She'd been preaching to people. Mm-hmm. See, God is more concerned about the hearer. He'll get the speaker straightened out. But if she's ignorant enough, and see, a lot of times people are just religious. They're imitating what they see done, and they think that's all there is to it because they've been getting away with it all their lives. Them people need to sit down one day. Well, one day she got God cornered her in her own church. Mm-hmm. She got born again for real, though. <laughs> so this is God's business. This, he does it because he wants to do it. A lot of times you'll think to yourself, there's so much error. You know, we always look at the church down the street for error instead of right here. <laughs> you know, right here is where you can do something about it. You can't do nothing about the people down the street. <laughs> but there's always somebody else that's got some error, doctrinal error. Just because they don't teach people to pray in tongues. Amen. But God honors the truth that they know, just like he does you. You ain't doing everything either. Because you went Shukumahawata one one time and they told you you was all that. Huh? He does. He honors the truth that we know and the truth that we speak. Many times we've told people God don't heal anybody. Got to repent because you know better now. Amen? And he forgives us because we're in ignorance. We did it in ignorance. Everybody's ignorant about something. Amen. Now you know better. You can't help but preach healing. Even if you've never laid hands on anybody. 
you'll tell them the truth that God heals. If you want them to get prayed, tell them I'll take you to church with me. My pastor prays for people until you learn how to do it yourself, till that unction comes on you. Amen. And don't be going out there doing nothing crazy with people either. Leave the orange crate at home and the bullhorn, okay? <laughs> Get your household straight first. Amen. Them orange crate and bullhorn people is few and far between, and even they have doubts sometimes, you know. But God uses them. Amen. He'll use you in your little Jerusalem right where you are. If it's if if it just means praying for people continually. Continue to pray for them. You don't have to go out and, and project nothing nowhere unless God opens that door for you. And when he opens that door, there'll be fruit on the other side of that door. Amen. Amen. Faith is what brings to life what we desire. Because it's substance. To your faith is what makes it. Amen. When Jesus would talk to people, he'd tell them, your faith made that for you. Your faith made you whole. So faith is what the promises are manufactured out of. Amen. So you've got to mix the word that you hear with faith. You've got to believe it. And and even in the face of opposition to it, you've got to hold on to believing it. Amen. First thing the devil want to tell you is that you, oh, you can't do it. Oh, you can't do it. Oh, wait a minute. Now, we done went off the deep end now. Oh, you got too deep in this stuff. Amen. But but hold on to what, what God has put in your heart. A good way to test if you believe something is to try and not pray for it anymore or try and not thank God for it and see if it sticks with you. If it sticks with you, then it's in there by faith. Amen. Sometimes we'll think because, uh, uh, say, a promise is taken a while for it to manifest. That happens with everybody. Many times we have desires in our hearts that God has given us already but they're not on schedule for us to receive them in the natural realm yet. You can't get everything you want from God day one. Not even month one or year one. He's got an inheritance for you. Amen. The first thing that children, rich kids get from their parents is you ain't getting it yet. That's the first thing they tell them. Uh-huh. They know it belongs to them eventually. And a smart parent won't let them see the will, won't talk about the will, won't tell them anything about the will. You know, go give it to somebody and when on that day when it's enforced, that's when you bring it out. Other than that, you're going to have trouble on your hands. And see, that's why God has to give us things incrementally. Amen. Little by little, as we show diligence, as we show faithfulness, as we show responsibility, then he begins to release more into our lives. Amen. Now necessities you always have. You're always going to have a roof over your head. You're always going to have clothes. You're always going to have food. That's that's part of the father's provision. That comes from his table. And all of his children have a seat at his table perpetually. 
now the devil will try and make you think those things are in jeopardy amen always trying to pull your stuff away from you amen you know and in uh, he's trying to get us to stay in that level of maturity where it's about natural things all the time see the real riches he knows are over in the realm of the spirit and if he can keep you thinking he can mess with your natural stuff all your attention is focused on getting some more oh well no, don't take my food don't take my shelter don't i gotta have this gotta have that huh but the bible says if you seek first the kingdom things are added so you gotta consider not all those things that you know are necessities and when you fear you're gonna lose them you just have to not even know god i'm not gonna think like that because i know you provide for me you say you prepare a table before me and if i got a table that mean i got a house to put it in and if i got a table it's got good food on it amen if i got a table that means i got shoes on my feet underneath the table and i'm sitting up there with clothes on so what what can the devil uh threaten you with to harm you to take those basic things away from you god feeds all his children if you cook the meal at your house you your kids know they don't even ask if they can sit down and eat dinner they have a place everybody has a place to sit now i know if you got more than two or three they're gonna fight over that one chair but eventually you know maybe the stronger or somebody give all have you know go on take it i don't care but they all know they have a place and so when you understand that in god's kingdom then you're free to go on to pursue the things of the spirit that you're really created to pursue you're not created to pursue just natural things you're supposed to take it for granted build your faith that those things are already provided and already given and the devil can't steal them amen learn to sanctify those things you walk through your house lay your hands on your refrigerator oh devil you can't get this my food will not spoil in jesus name for those of you who are scared of me with that i will have you know that whipped cream is still fresh huh (laughs) you gotta know these things folks those things are important to me because i i grew up in poverty with not a lot to eat all the time and god knows they're important to me why would he have me take worries from my old life over into this new one so i guess he said well this nutty woman gonna mess around here and figure out i can keep food from spoiling forever so i think i'll just let her in on that one Mm, yeah y'all scared i don't care you get your own little play thing with god that's my play thing i like to mess around with that's how i know he's real see if devil starts stealing from me and i ever get in doubt god will provide us mm, the whipped cream is still fresh two years i give you something to get scared of did we ever have spoiled food in the house cloretta well we ate it too fast but then that's another story but <laughs> we didn't have stuff spoiled we didn't have stuff we i mean we wasn't stressed over certain things just didn't stress over them amen 
so praise god god takes care of all these things folks if you learned how to cast your cares on him embrace that word let him develop your faith in the way he wants to develop it amen he will put challenges before us sometimes the enemy will put stumbling blocks but he tells us to hold on to the word of faith just keep hearing and keep inclining your ear to the lord to his word and faith will grow it will develop now the disciples also put a a challenge before the lord it was really a challenge to them they said lord increase our faith so the disciples were always looking for more that's one good thing somebody who is a real disciple of christ will always be looking for more amen you know i i've heard people some people say nah the last time i asked god for more all hell broke loose well it's gonna break loose anyway so you might as well have more to challenge that get the more inside you first before it breaks loose you're not gonna where you think you can go somewhere where the devil is not i don't think so we're not to run from him anyway he's supposed to run from us the Bible says if you resist him, he'll run in terror. He will flee. It means to run in terror. He's scared of you. Remember that, okay? Praise God. But God wants us to be full of faith. So they said to him, Lord, increase our faith. And he said to them, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you will. There you go that's how you increase your faith by saying amen when you when something comes against your life you say amen you say the word of god and that increases your faith you can test it you can have a situation where there's nothing but bad news bad news bad news bad news and you start declaring the word father i thank you that my remedy is at hand that you have helped for me you're sending me help right now well first time you say that them words bounce right back on you now if you pay attention see that's the oh boy this ain't doing no good i might as well quit stage that's where most people live do you understand what i'm saying they don't realize that god is increasing their faith every time they say it but you say it a good 10 minutes and see what happens to you oh 10 minutes that's a long time pastor bar you might have to say it five days 40 days a year two years 10 years 20 years but it increases your faith every time you say it your faith increases by the saying huh because the devil hears you and he pushes back and you say it again he hears you and he pushes back and you say it again well i guess i'm gonna have to keep saying it till he quits that's the idea see that's how you increase your faith amen you've got to step out of that box of just hearing the bad news and being confused and clueless and wondering and start saying 
I don't care what you say. If you just say, devil, hold it a minute. I ain't got the right scripture right now, but I'm going to find it. Huh? And you get to getting in there. You'll find the right scripture to hammer him over the head with and make him back up. See? The word makes him drop what he's holding and flee in terror. Amen? Oh, he had your rent. But when you loose the word on him, he let it go. Huh? You ever have it one day you in stress about your finances and next thing you know it's been cleared up? So our faith is increased by the saying. It's increased by saying. Because you hear yourself more. When you hear by his stripes I am healed, you keep saying it. Because once is never enough. Because the devil is always there to challenge you. He challenges the atmosphere. Like you're saying it in a, in a vacuum. And the life is being sucked out of you. Like it's going nowhere. But if you continue to challenge the atmosphere with your faith. Pretty soon that atmosphere begins to dominate. The word begins to dominate your atmosphere. And you live in a realm of peace and you live in a realm of ease of the word. Amen. It's just, it's just true. So you increase your faith by releasing the word into your atmosphere. The enemy wants to challenge it and he will challenge it, but he won't win. Amen. Because every time you release it, your faith is increasing. Amen. And, and you get up the next day and release it again, and you'll find it's easier the next time to get in that flow of releasing the word out of your spirit so that it's able to challenge everything. Once that atmosphere and that lie that the devil is trying to tell about you, on you, to you is challenged and is bound up, then the word of God will begin to manifest more in that situation. So don't give up on it. The devil wants to push back against you to make you think it's not working. The fact that he pushes back, he ain't pushing back against nothing. He's not pushing back for no reason. He's pushing back because it's pushing him. And he's trying to make you think it's not working. That word is always working. So start releasing it. Be confident in releasing the word in these situations. Be confident in thanking God that he's your God. And nothing's impossible with him. Amen. Release that word in impossible situations. Huh? Here's a young man that used to give his testimony one time I heard. I think it was on the 700 Club. And he would give it, was giving his testimony. And he was saying that uh, how he got saved. And he said, uh, well, you know, I was, I was in the back seat. I was dealing drugs and this you know two drug dealers on either side of me and one pulled out a gun shot me in the head he said and i i was in the hospital in a coma and they let my mother know and she came in there and asked the doctor doctor said well there's no hope for him he's dead she said could i have a minute in there please doctor she began to prophesy lord you told me my boy was going to preach the gospel and i declare your word is true to Satan, I command you to let go of my son in Jesus' name. And he started to show signs of life. Well, he got up. He gave his testimony in the 700 Club. And, and they said, did you get saved then? Well, no, I didn't. 
I went back to drugs. You know what I'm saying? Don't wear your mama out. Start using the word yourself. You understand what I'm saying? That mother more than earned her stripes in heaven. You know what I'm saying? You. But, uh, yeah, that word, it will continue to work like that. I don't care what the circumstances. She began to confront death with life. She had confidence in God's word. Amen? This is, you know, this, and this wasn't the first time she tried the word of God. Now, you get a test according to your strength. Your child is not going to die because you don't know. You understand what I'm saying? You're not over your head with God. You use what faith you have. But you got to release that from your spirit. You got to release those words from your lips. You got to challenge the devil. Amen. You got to challenge him. God wants us off the prayer chain. I remember when I used to call all of the uh, toll free numbers on TV to get prayer and all that kind. Of, he wants us off that. He told me one day, see, you quit calling them people and start praying yourself, Amen, and start releasing the faith that's in your heart, Amen. That's how you get where God. You're on a journey. You got to get where He wants you to go, Amen. And we found out. I found out after. I started learning the word that prayer is not all it takes. You got to confess the word to stay in faith in order to stay in the spirit to see those things come to pass. So you must let it take your full attention. Amen. <clears throat> Turn to John chapter 12. Let me see what I found in John 12. I think it's. Well, this is why we meditate the word, okay? It says, uh, um, verse 37, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. So you can shut your heart down to not believe even your own eyes, what you see and what you hear. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because that Isaiah again said he had blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I shall heal them. So there is a process that takes place when you hear the word. The first thing that happens is that you must hear it. That's that's why your your word. That's where the word gets entry. Is through your ears. So that's why he says incline your ear. Amen. And then it opens your eyes. So there's a twofold process and because he says don't let it depart from your eyes. Well how did it get in front of your eyes? See when this was written they didn't have like a paper Bible and stuff like that. Amen. They eventually had scrolls and all of that kind of stuff. But eventually when you when you hear the word, a vision comes up on the inside of you of what that word is providing for you. See, don't let it depart. Don't lose sight of what God has prepared for you. When you start to hear the word and you meditate on the word 
is if it's a word of healing, you will see yourself doing what your limitations now won't allow you to do. Don't shut that out. See, he says, keep it in front of your eyes. Don't shut that vision out. That's not your imagination or that's not something you're conjuring up. That came through meditating on the word of God. You began to see what God has for you. It it works that way. You can't hear anything which you don't form a visual about it or vice versa. You know, if you see something and you think you desire it, it'll ring, uh, it'll give a peace into your heart. All of that stuff, it all works together. So God will begin to help you put it together visually what it is that you want from him and what you need for him. But you, I remember the, the car I had before this last one that I got, my, my 24 year old car. Remember her? I remember telling the Lord what I wanted. And I told my husband what I wanted. And he tried, <laughs> you know how brothers is, they, they gonna bargain you down. If they can. And I was not to be bargained. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't greed. It was faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holler back. But, uh, I mean, I was adamant about it. And I, I told the Lord exactly what it was to look like. I saw parts of it in, in my spirit, in my, my eye of faith. And it was beginning to come together. And it was close to my birthday. And on my birthday, I saw a car out in front of the church. When I went to church, that it was a Saturday. And I went to church, and there was a car almost exactly what I had envisioned. And I thought, Lord, did you let him buy it and bring it to church? What y'all laughing at? Oh, wait a minute. I might have to stand up on this one. In the DeGrandes, Terry DeGrand was, her husband sold Cadillacs. Hi, man. He loved, my husband loved us, you know. Anyway, she had, she used to deliver cars for them. So it was a car she was delivering. And I thought, God, I'm not disappointed. You got it this close. You're going to get it all the way. So I politely told my husband I did not want his bargain. (laughs) Hey! It's a spiritual thing. Now listen, most of these brothers are cheap. I love you, baby. I give you the best. Yeah, if I twist your arm. Now I'm messing with y'all. I don't know if it was faith. I don't know if it was my flesh. I don't know. But I know I believe God for this and this was mine. There wasn't no bargain. I told him, I said, that thing ain't even no Cadillac, is it? I said, it looked like a stepchild. I want one like one like you got. And this is a lesson for husbands. If you won't drive it yourself, don't offer it to your wife. 
Because God sees you as one. How you going to have a real deal and give her the stepchild? They don't even look like they belong in the same garage together. So <laughs> We got a mismatch here. So I took him by the hair. Kicking and screaming. Huh? And in a week's time, the real car showed up. Amen. See, it's about standing on your faith. Now, see, if I took the stepchild car, I would be less than a woman of God before y'all. It's a matter of principle to me. It's a matter of seeing the word come to pass. Ain't no greed involved in God's kingdom. Amen. If he gives it to you, it's because your faith brought it in. And it came in with no note. You understand what I'm saying? Exceeding abundantly beyond. I know that car that was parked in front of the the church didn't have a hole in the roof. That's what I called it. A sunroof move. I didn't know what they was calling it. It's a hole in the roof. So I got everything, even with the hole in the roof. So you understand what I'm saying? It it's a matter of desire, but it also at some point it's got to flip over and become a matter of principle. Because if you don't let your faith get challenged and get built, get challenged and get built, get challenged and get built, it will stay at a a mediocre level. And God does t- allow us to test it in natural things. But natural things don't have you. You understand what I'm saying? It's it's a piece of metal that I need to get around in. I like the fact that it drives itself because sometimes I don't feel like being such a good driver. Yeah, I say, oh, this thing almost drives itself, you know. You need a little help. And they last a long time. You know, people, you know, point at you and all that kind of stuff, but they last a long time. So it's worth the money to me. And so you you have to, to find a way. To get your life the way you want it to, but it must be the life of faith. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. It, when, when faith is involved, all bets are off. Everything else that might interfere and try to make it seem like. Now I know I seem ungrateful and all that kind of stuff. But, but my husband is, or was, I didn't kill him, I, no prince, no, <laughs> no smoking gun, no. You know what I'm saying. He didn't just decide to go to heaven one day to get away from his wife. (laughs) He enjoyed living. But uh, the thing of it is, it became, it's like this. There will come forces that will want to challenge your faith. Which ones are you going to bow to? See, the husband and wife thing is easy to get goofed up in that. You understand what I'm saying? Where... You think God won't give you something if he doesn't want it. You got me? You got to make sure you're getting it from God, though. And see, this is a test of your knowledge of God, your relationship with God. Did you really hear from God correctly? And is that the desire of your heart? Amen? And, And it has to line up all the way down the line. If that's not what you want, See, God allowed you to put it in your heart to begin with. 
It's the heart of faith. It's the righteous part of you that that desire comes out of. It's not greed and want to show you. I don't even know who my neighbors are. I don't have nothing to prove to them. Amen. The only thing I want to do is be available when God says pray for them, you go pray. When he says go take care of something for them, you go do it. Amen. I care less what they think about everything else about me. And so God knows how to reconcile all of that stuff so that your reputation doesn't get to be somebody who's materialistic and carnal and this and that. You understand what I'm saying? He can take care of us in that realm. That's not up to you to fix that. Amen. You just let God, you just keep working on your faith and let him bring in what he wants to bring in for you. But I'm telling you, start developing your faith in everyday things. Everyday things are usually material things. You got a a dishwasher, lay hands on it so that it runs forever. You have a, a refrigerator, lay hands on it so nothing spoils in there. Amen. You know, they can have a power outage and and the power be out for 24 hours and your stuff is still cold and still frozen. You understand what I'm saying? We've had situations where we got a freezer in the barn. I don't go over there very much. And, And I'll go over there and it's unplugged. And I'll look in there. So, ooh, thank you, Jesus. You see frost. Everything's hard and solid. Amen. It just, it, it, you've got to develop. You've got to start developing it somewhere. Challenge your environment with your faith. Challenge your environment to let, not cause you to come out your pocket every time. You understand what I'm saying? Things that you used to spend money on. I remember going to the gynecologist, getting checkups on everything. And, I, you know, I, I have a doctor now. She said, would you like to have? No, thank you. Don't touch me. Huh? You touching me enough or you got what you need from me? No, thank you. Patient refuses again. I say, yes, yeah, she's going to refuse again and again. Amen. And so uh, challenge your, you know, the word says you're healed. When you go in the doctor, you're still healed. Don't change your confession just because they're trying to get something on you. And I realize some of the stuff will help you. They'll find enough to help you. You just ask God, God, when I go in here, you let them, if they they need to know something about me that you need to tell them to help me, then that's good. But this other Snoopy stuff, I don't need it. Huh? Are you taking the vaccine? Oh, no. That ain't for me, girl. I'm healed. How you think I'm standing behind you after eight, standing in front of you COVID-free after eight months? I'm not lucky. I'm blessed and I'm healed. Amen. And this is the way we live, folks. Your faith has got to produce for you. Your faith must produce the results of God for you. Your faith must produce the things. It's got to be doing something. It's got to be taking you somewhere. It's got to be manifesting in your life in ways that help you and that help others. That's what your faith is for. And God has entrusted us. With faith that can do miracles, move mountains, to take care of small stuff and big stuff. It takes care of everything. So so we need to let him develop our faith. Let him help our faith. Let him increase our faith. Let your faith be challenged. You're not going to go under. You're going to go under. 
over. You know, people say, well, suppose it, suppose it does happen. But don't shy away because you're afraid it won't. Just plunge into it. Say, God, I'm doing the best I can with what I got. And I believe you're going to do this for me. Your word says, amen, that my children had great peace because they're being taught of the Lord. I know I didn't do the best job when they was at home with me, but you can teach them even now. You know, own your stuff. Don't try to sit like you taught them Bible verses every morning because you didn't. But God, they can still be taught of you, even though they out there acting stupid right now. You teach them. You know how to corner them and tell them what they need. Because you promised. It didn't say who would teach them. It said they would be taught your things. And they would have great peace. Amen? Amen. So we can live like that. Amen? Why don't we quit? Thank you, Father. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you and magnify you. We lift you up, Lord, because you're worthy to be praised and adored. We thank you, Lord, for healing us and keeping us. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us, for helping us in all things. And let's do our confession. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Father, that by the stripes of your son, Jesus, I am healed.